Hi, I'm Ross. Hey guys, I'm Abba. And this is Marooned. And this is Marooned. Marooned is a podcast of Marooned Maroons all over the world. In this podcast, we Marooned Maroons talk about anything and everything under the sun while we are in lockdown. Welcome to episode 3. So, Apa, how was your week? Ross, hey, Ross. No, my week's been good. My week's been good. Particularly yesterday, I'm, I'm happy to share that on top of um, the Cambridge International Law Journal Conference that um, I presented in, and oh, a good friend of ours, CJMO, presented in as well, um, I was able to publish for the first time um, my article with. Uh, a newspaper. It was my first venture into non-academic writing, and I published a brief essay on the bar examinations with Inquirer. And I was thinking, Ross, maybe this is something we could explore in this episode. Perhaps we could look back, would you believe, almost half a decade ago, during our own bar experiences. Wow, has it been that long? Four years ago, we were about to take the Philippine bar exams. And I'm excited to talk about that with you today in this episode of Marooned. But first of all, I would like to congratulate everyone who uh, passed the 2019 uh, bar exams, the hashtag Burnabar. Congrats to everyone who made it. Yeah, hey, congratulations to all the new members of the legal profession. Um, well, awaiting the oath taking, but you know, uh, this is pretty much it. Uh, congrats, congrats, congrats. Ross and I both know uh, from first hand experience that the bar examination, hurdling the bar examination, is no easy feat. Uh, it was, I'm not sure what was more, more of torture, Ross. Um, the review itself, the exam itself, or the waiting for the results. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we we all had our own way of dealing with each of these phases. And I'd like to hear yours, actually. Why don't you uh, let our listeners know, how did you deal uh, with the bar exam? Perhaps we could start with, I don't know, the bar review. Okay. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with bar review, it's about half a year of preparation for the bar exams, which you take in November of every year. But of course, uh, this year, it's going to be an exception to tradition since uh, the Supreme Court released a memo with the results of the bar exam that this year's bar will be moved to next year. So um, it's sort of an extraordinary circumstance. But going back to your question, um, it was half a year of preparation for me. Um, You have your first reading which is basically marinating your brain with all this information about different subjects um, that were taught in law school. Uh, There's political law, there's labor law, civil law, taxation, criminal law, commercial law or mercantile law, remedial law, and legal ethics. So what I did personally was did a first reading of all the subjects and then did a second reading for me to memorize that information. So I know for each 
person, it's different. Some did only one pass for all the subjects. Some did even three readings. Can you believe? But for me, my structure was a first reading for the first three months, three to four months. And then for the last two months home stretch, I did my second reading, just trying to um, consolidate all that information in my brain. And I've been telling this to everyone I know that if you pay me now a huge amount of money to do bar review all over again, I would not do it. That's how <laughs> difficult it was for me. Absolutely, absolutely. We, we often say that the bar exam is something we wouldn't even wish for our worst of enemies. <laughs> it's, That's it's not true. Terrible. That's true. That's how difficult it was, the preparation, physically, mentally, emotionally. Ah, it was a roller coaster. Absolute roller coaster. Um, Did you have um, any particular routines when you were prepping for the bar exams? Ah, the routines? Well, when it comes to the readings, yeah. I mean, it was just so many pages. And I, I, I remember... Throughout the um, uh, throughout the bar review process, I probably read we probably read how many pages, Ross? Like two thousand pages of information. More. Uh, we're I think, um, more, but, no? I think one of our friends did a computation of the page count. It. Oh, did, did, yeah. Did, did, okay. Yeah, our friend Ish. <laughs> she okay. did. Uh, Hi to Ish. Helped me a lot during bar review. Uh, <laughs> I think she computed uh, she, the she number of pages. I think it it totaled to about. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, um, eight to ten thousand pages. So yeah, I mean, I think the it's, uh, it's just computation. We had um, ten thousand pages worth of studies that would equate to about a thousand two hundred fifty pages per subject per bar exam subject. And I remember thinking to myself, how unjust it was that I was reading more than one thousand pages, and out of these th- one thousand pages. I was going to be adjudged by just 20 questions. So in so many words, I could have memorized 900 pages verbatim. But if the 20 questions came out on the 20 pages I did not know, then I would have failed uh, the bar exam. And I remember thinking that, uh, wow, it's really a, a matter of luck. But then again, luck favors the prepared. So it's a, it's a matter of uh, both merit and luck, I suppose. Um, so as to my routine, I remember I went through the subjects that I was more comfortable with Comfortable with first. So I started with Constilo, labor law, because you're right, Ross, there's, it, the bar exam takes a mental toll. And it does. It, and I remember thinking, if I have in my mind... Um, eight subjects to go through. It's just so much easier to accept once you take one subject out of the list. So I knew that if I started with REM, REM is um, my uh, Achilles heel when it came to uh, the bar exam. Um, If I started with that, it would have taken me maybe twice as long as my review of Constilo. So within the time it would take me to, to finish REM, uh, I would be able to cover both constitutional law and labor law. Uh, so I started with that so that at least my mind would be put at ease 
um, uh, that, hey, two down, six more to go as compared to just seven down and I've already spent, uh, one down and I've already spent an X amount of time on it. And I remember my base for review was the first floor of the UP Law Library, pre-renovation, mind you, before it became this uh, fancy cafe. Uh, it was um, the same UP Law Library, Ross, that my parents um, uh, have, have used over the years. And um, I remember I would go there every day and see the same faces, um, and not only the same faces, but the same faces sitting in the same chairs. <laughs> we all had our go-to areas. So, yung uh, pinaka like stand out, I remember, was of course Martin Lagmay. Martin Lagmay. <laughs> Martin Lagmay. Hi, Mart. Who took the very first chair right by the entrance. And there was only one day in that half-year bar review that someone had taken the seat uh, before Martin. And I, I couldn't help but feel that, hey, what's this? It's like a stranger broke into someone's house. I mean, that's how much that area uh, for, for me and I think for other bar, review, bar reviewers as well uh, was associated with Martin's. Speaking of Martin Lagmay, it was actually him who gave me the tip to sandwich the difficult subjects in between the easier ones. Well, the ones easier for you to read so that you wouldn't have a hard time struggling with the pace of bar review. So thank you, Martin, for that very helpful tip. And I would also <laughs> remember Martin would be there every, what, 7 a.m., 7.30 a.m. As soon as um, the library opens, he's there. Ah, oh, see, Mar- Martin was the first one in and last one out of the yes. libraries. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I have no idea how you pulled that off. I, I couldn't be, I, I am not capable of doing that, so much so that I didn't even try. <laughs> um, however, well, I, I can't help but wonder, this tip that Martin gave you, he never gave me. <laughs> so it's a good thing. <laughs> so it's the first time I'm hearing this tip. And uh, uh, it's four years too late, but it does sound like a useful tip. <laughs> well, you mentioned that for you, your base was the UP Law Library. Ako, I alternated between Starbucks Libis and the UP Law Library, which my bar buddies told me to stay put in um, during my second reading because I was struggling with so many things during bar review that I needed to have some semblance of social interaction because it was so low mm. in Starbucks. So they told me, uh, start reviewing in the library. And that's when I started joining you guys in the first floor of the pre-renovation uh, UP Law Library, first floor. So the people there I remember would be you, Martin Nagmay, of course. Uh, of course. There's Chas Poblador, there's um, Pagda, there's Paula Lamarca, there's Ish, of Paula course. Um, Pau Gairanod, Dino um, Lainez. Uh, and then there's the third floor gang naman, sila Carlo Go, Jackie Canlas, um, uh, oh, the, wow. right? Right, right. <laughs> and then there's the student lounge group, Lance Ortiz, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, Jox Dilag, Vic Galura, Joe Barbenagua, 
every day, every day. So much so that even strangers became friends. And we became friends without saying a word. And I know this for a fact uh, because there was there were these two two bar candidates who were not from UP Law, but were taking their review in UP Law and were studying in the UP Law Library. Um, and we never spoke. And the first time we did speak was during the oath taking. I bumped into them. Um, uh, and uh, it was just a simple, Oi, pare, congrats. And it was warm. It was sincere. Um, I felt like we were soldiers in the same battlefield. Um, and, we, uh, and we got through it and survived. And despite not uh, speaking, it's something that we shared. And I think that's... Uh, that fortified our relationship, uh, despite not having spoken. <laughs> um, yes, um, the uh, bar exam does take an emotional and mental toll on us. And that's why I think uh, it's nice to have a group. Um, a I mean, in a way, we serve that as each other's support group as well, by going through it together. Um, a more um, glass half empty way of looking at it is, um, well, misery does love company. So, I mean, there we were. Uh, but yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, this feat of joining the legal profession, um, I cannot claim to have been the product of my own efforts alone. I mean, I, it was something that I got through thanks to everyone there and so many more people uh, elsewhere. Yeah, I agree. As you would remember, as our friends would remember, I was going through a breakup um, during senior oh, year. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. I was going through these, a breakup. These memories breakup. are buried somewhere there. Oh. And uh, it was such a struggle because I was also trying to cope with my um, major depression at the time. Plus bar review, which as we've mentioned, takes a toll on you. So everything just um, happened all at once. And so it was a difficult time, but I'm glad it's all over now. And I'm glad that we made it through relatively unscathed. So. Relatively unscathed. <laughs> I mean, the trauma stays with you. Exactly, exactly. The trauma stays Some with scars. you. Some scars. But it was, I think, for the most part, it's worth it. Absolutely, absolutely. It has been worth it. Um, uh, and I mean, these scars are, I don't know, war wounds that we could look back on as we are doing now. And um, uh, while it's something I am I'm happy we never have to go through again, um, it's something that, you know, I enjoyed having gone through with you and with, with everyone else, nonetheless. Apa, what were the habits that you formed during Bar Review? Bad habits, good habits? What were those that helped you cope? Uh, that, that's a long list of things. A very, uh, too long a list to, to enumerate. Um, but... Let me just put it this way, Ross. While in undergrad, I was a uh, uh, varsity athlete. I used to do judo. Uh, we would work out every day. During bar review, I think over those six months, I probably went to the gym just thrice. And uh, it was, and of course, uh, the eating habits. And, oh, um, I hope my, my mom isn't listening. The smoking habits uh, kind of skyrocketed through the roof as well. Oh, so I agree. pretty much... Right, right. And so I pretty much lived off uh, caffeine, cigarettes, and 
fast food or instant noodles uh, as a um, that's easy that's quick and easy to prepare and quick and easy to consume i would go for uh, because that means you would have more time for review <laughs> yeah i agree uh, what about you, right um, that was the thinking what about you Ralph? when i would study in starbucks libis i would start my day around Siguro, ano na, mga 10 a.m. because I would wake up late. So I'd start my review 10 a.m. and then just cross the street for maybe chowking or um, walk a few meters to the next McDo or Jollibee and then just eat for like 15 minutes, tops, and then go back to studying with a lot of cigarette breaks in between. So I really understand what you said uh, with the smoking habits um, really worsening during bar review. For me, it was um, half a pack a day. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, half a pack a day smoking menthols. And that bad habit stuck to me until now. So whenever I'm in a Starbucks, I would drink coffee and smoke. It would easily remind me of bar review days ah really really so it's it's uh associate that it um for the record to our bar to our bar uh future bar takers we are not endorsing <laughs> that you smoke or <laughs> that you that you drink coffee certainly, certainly uh we're not uh, in the business of endorsing bad habits but you have to do what you have to do to survive and keep saying during bar review uh and when, when you say starbucks this ross you're talking about the one Across Outback? But the Outback is not there anymore. What? Where, where, where's the Outback? Oh, where's the Outback? Where's the Outback years ago? Really? Oh, man. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. I got it. Yeah, it's the uh, one with the drive through Ah, the one with the drive through Wow. I, I, I haven't realized that I haven't been home uh, for, for quite a while. And fun fact, okay. um, I made friends with the baristas there. So much so that after the results came out, I went there. They congratulated me. And even one of the guards remembered me as a bar review candidate. <laughs> uh, when I went to another Starbucks branch, he was reassigned there. And then he asked me, uh, Abogado na po ba kayo? And then I said, Yes, kuya, pumasa na po ako. And then he congratulated me. So, um, so, much of, so much of my bar review experience was built on top of the hard work of the baristas and the guards of Starbucks Libis. So I'm really, really thankful for them. Oh, no, I get you. I get you. Um, it was a shared experience with them. No? Um, yeah, I remember first name basis na nga eh, when it comes to uh, the Starbucks guards. I still remember he, uh, one of the baristas at Starbucks, he, Edward, was the one that I would... Um, always, always uh, speak with and always encounter during the few times I would go to Starbucks. We had our bad habits, unfortunately. But what about the good ones, Ross? Do you have any? Uh, do you have any good uh, stories about good habits you'd like to share? Well, for me, it was the improvement of my handwriting. Because what I do ah. every night was write the lawyer's oath in the UP Law Blue Book. So I would uh, practice my handwriting. And at the same time, review for legal ethics by memorizing the lawyer's oath. Uh, handwrite that um, in my uh, blue book. And then every night, consistently, I would do that. And my, I would like to think that my handwriting vastly improved by the time uh, we were to take the bar exams. 
So that's one tip I want to give to our uh, future bar candidates. You should practice your handwriting as early as now. That's a, that's a really good tip, Ross. Wow. Why didn't you tell me these tips? <laughs> I wish I knew this stuff, my friend. Well, we passed. So it doesn't matter now. It doesn't matter now. That's a really good one. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, they actually did ask us. I mean, that's a consistent question, I think, to all ethics bar exams. Is it not uh, the lawyer's own? So they, if I remember correctly, one of the questions in our bar exam didn't have us write it down verbatim, but they had us list down the obligations uh, of a lawyer in general. So um, it did help in a very practical sense as well, though, beyond the handwriting. Yes, uh, that was actually the first question of our legal ethics exam. What, what are the... Duties and obligations under the lawyers. Oh, wow. Yeah. But um, similarly, uh, yeah. Yeah, and it was my go-to answer for the items that I never <laughs> um, never knew the answer to uh, during the legal ethics exam. So uh, according to the lawyer's oath, this is the obligation for lawyers. Um, that's lawyer. actually a really good style. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Ross, we had our home base in UP Law and at times Starbucks. But there's also the review center, which um, bar reviewers heavily rely on at times. And um, I recall that we were actually classmates in not only in UP Law itself, but in the bar review center, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, we were. Um, Care to tell our listeners about your experience there? I think it's okay to mention the particular review center at this point. It uh, I reviewed in Jurist Bar Review Center, um, of course, uh, headed by uh, Professor Manny Rigera. So I owe a lot actually to uh, jurists because they taught me how to um, attack, so to speak, a bar review question, how to uh, manage your time during the bar exam and how to choose your materials wisely and uh, i highly recommend um going to uh, a, uh to a a review center any review center of your choice but for me um it was jurists because after a year i was able to uh, pay it forward and uh do some coaching for bar review um candidates uh, during the 2017 bar exam. So I came into full circle with that because uh, I saw it as an opportunity to give back to jurists, uh, which was uh, a review center that helped me a lot during bar review. Oh, wow, Ross. I didn't know that you uh, ended up uh, um, going back to jurists, but seeing things from the other side of the, of the desk. So you were once the coachee and now the coach. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. I, I, I remember I was there with you at the Bar Review Center. And what I found particularly useful from my experience there was, of course, the lessons. They have great lecturers, um, great professors there. And they also have a superb way of simulating the exam itself. I remember the, the blue book that they provide. It looks and feels like the actual blue books are given, the, the paper on which the exams on which the questions are given are likewise are likewise the same, and in a way, I think it conditioned my mind to be somewhat familiar with that material. Um, and 
I mean, th these are just little things, but you know, when it's the bar exam and we have so many concerns, these little things, they, they ended up helping. Yeah, the mock bars were particularly helpful for me because as you've mentioned, it's uh, simulated the whole experience from the four hours that you have to spend on each exam to, um, you know, the little things like how do you write in your blue book, the margins for each page. The margins, exactly. Yeah, the, margin, the margins. And uh, also the physical toll that it takes on you um, just sitting down and thinking for four hours answering an exam. That's true. Oh, and the little things like having to hold a pen for that long. And I remember it was during the mock bar that I, for the first time ever, developed a preference for the pen tip. Like we all had a go-to thickness. Um, I, I think you, you know the, the language of um, the pens better than I do, Ross. But some are point zero point four, others are 0.75. And we all, we all had our preferences uh, when it came to that. Yeah, glad you mentioned that, Abba, because the bar exam um, has specific guidelines on which pens to use. You can only use an ink pen or a fountain pen. In my case, I use um, three Twisby Echo fountain pens, extra fine nib, and my ink was Noodler's Navy. But you know what the sad thing is? I lost those those three pens in a house break-in a year after. So, what? Uh, oh. uh, th those pens had so much sentimental value, but, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I still have, um, of course, my bar ID. Um, the per the that blue it was a blue piece of paper um, that I needed to show uh, to enter uh, the bar venue and as well as my pencil case and pens um, from uh, from the bar exam. So uh, I I definitely feel uh, feel your loss. Ross. I'm really sorry about that. We have endless stories when it comes to bar review. I mean, it was six months, but I'd like to ask about the bar exam itself, was there a particular ritual or perhaps a memory from the night before the bar? I have a particular memory the Saturday before the first Sunday of the bar. I was in the smoking area of um, Century Hotel where we were billeted, at least for most of, you, of the UP Law bar candidates, we were billeted in Century Hotel. Uh, I was smoking. And then one of our batchmates, um, Vic Galura, asked me a question about labor. So he mentioned a concept which I never heard before, which I never <laughs> encountered in the six months of bar review. And then I started to panic and asked him, what does that mean? And then he gives me the answer. And lo and behold, the concept shows up in the labor law examination the following day, which was worth 5% of the whole exam. What? Yep. What, what term is this? Do you, do you remember? For, I, I see, I forgot the term, <laughs> but the memory itself was so um, distinct that I, to this day, I would tell people that it's really a matter of luck. Those uh, little things like that um, will factor in uh, when it comes to um, you answering the exam. So some concept that someone mentioned offhand would actually pop up in the exam itself. Yeah, Ross. Some something, some questions are just really a, ma a matter of luck. Um, I don't think any amount of luck, though, would have prepared us for this one question in commercial law. Do you remember this? 
Emotion. It asked us to, to define <laughs> exactly. It asked us to define emotion. And I was like, what? I have never seen this word before. Um, and I just uh, like pulled an answer out of thin air, which was blatantly wrong. But <laughs> I found comfort in knowing that no one else knew. I think the only person I know who got the answer right to that question is Ish. Oh, <laughs> no wonder. Uh, in, uh, yeah, it was no surprise to me whatsoever. Um, yeah, um, I uh, I had a similar takeaway, uh, but in a very different context, and actually, uh, in a very different time. It wasn't your memory was from the day before mm -hmm. uh, the first bar. My distinct memory is of the morning of the last bar. Uh, I remember I was um, staying at uh, Manila Hotel. Um, for the with the bar ups of uh, my friend, Alpha Sigma. And my brands woke me up. And I remember saying, Wow, it's the last exam. It's the last time I'm going to have to do this. And I decided to let it sink in. And I was in bed letting it sink in. And then I fell asleep. <laughs> I went back to sleep. And I woke up Ross. But they, I think the bar exam starts 8 a.m. or the gates oh, close at 8 a.m. It starts at 8. I think I woke up. Um, much at seven thirty. Oh, um, yeah. So, um, so, um, and uh, as I mentioned earlier, my Achilles heel when it came when it comes to the bar exam is REM, and that was the day of remedial law. So effectively, I wasn't able to read the tips. Um, I uh, almost missed the exam completely, and uh, thirty minutes would have spelled the difference between well, my being a lawyer now or not. So. Uh, I have a, I had a similar takeaway from that, that that I realized that despite all the review and all our efforts, luck and circumstance plays such a gigantic factor in all of this. Yeah, I agree with you, Appa, that it's really a mixture of preparation and luck when it comes to successfully hurdling uh, the bar exams. So at this point, I'd like to ask you any thoughts on how we could further uh, improve or uh, how we could reform the bar exam as you have um, written about in your article in the Philippine Daily Inquirer. So uh, would you mind um, sharing with us your thoughts on that? So thank you so much, Ross. Um, I think the Philippine bar um, is a great exam, but has much room for improvement. But many of these improvements, I think, hinge on nothing in particular, but everything in the abstract. It's somewhat a reconceptualization of how the bar is supposed to function um, and its value in our legal circles. Um, I mean, just to make that a bit more concrete, uh, earlier we mentioned the question in commercial law about, about emotion. And I, I see that question and I think to myself that this question wasn't asked to test me on what I know. It was asked to catch me off guard. It effectively tests me for what I don't know. And I don't think that that's what the bar exam should be. It's not there to establish that we are Einsteins of law, that we have special knowledge of these obscure doctrines. Rather, it's a minimal threshold. That's what I, I wrote in my PDI article, that we need to understand that the bar exam is a minimal standard. It's a licensing test. And therefore, what it should look for and what it should test us for aren't these obscure doctrines, 
what the doctrine is that we cannot go without the general law. Um, and I think if we are able to, um, and I think a lot of this confusion of these problems uh, when it comes to whether we should test us on what we know rather than test us on what we don't know stems from a misunderstanding of what the bar exam is. It shows in many ways um, the fact that colleges revamp, the colleges of law revamp their syllabi and their course curricula um, to conform to the bar exam, I think shows that we have placed the bar on a pedestal. Make no mistake, I'm not saying that the bar exam should not be valued. I think it should be valued. I mean, it's what would separate um, a law aspirant from the legal from the legal profession itself. And I think that's something that we should take very seriously. But at the same time, I think colleges should know that their role isn't as review centers. Their role is to teach us more than just law, but a social conscience, legal philosophy, the science of jurisprudence. Um, and I think if we are able to reassess our appreciation of the bar, then that would mean many a good thing, not only for the bar experience of our aspiring lawyers, but also for the legal education that um, students experience in their respective universities. Very well said, Apple. Uh, if I were to add anything to that, uh, it's just what we see now happening in Philippine society is a testament of how much we need lawyers of a certain quality and of a certain perspective. And I think the bar exams, as you've said, is a minimal threshold that you have to cross to gain that license, but legal education itself should impart certain values that members of the legal profession should uh, hold and possess as they practice um, their professions. Absolutely, absolutely, Ross. Um, and we kind we somewhat touched on this um, during our our last episode when we explored um, law life beyond the law books. I think the PLJ, the Moots, and uh, our exposure to law outside of the classroom greatly shaped our appreciation and now our practice and study of the law. Um, and uh, I highly encourage um, law students to explore these other facets of law school life. And of course, I highly encourage colleges to give their students the breathing space to explore these facets as well. Again, thank you, Apa, for sharing your thoughts on this very, very interesting subject matter. And I hope our listeners uh, have been inspired by this episode to keep on going and keep on focusing on the ultimate goal of being a member of the legal profession with so much to contribute uh, to the field. So with that, I would like to thank everyone who has joined us today in this episode of Marooned. Uh, again, I'm Ross. And I'm Appa. Thank you for listening. This is Maroon. This is Maroon. Bye, guys.